1: we've made an amazing life i think it's you know a couple of kids from you know upper Hutt, new zealand to like we play we have played on the biggest stages in the world it's just crazy and, and it's only growing we just and we're signing more and more kids because ones we believe in you know we have a platform that we've gone down a road and obviously we've taken so many turns and made so many bad mistakes and so many good ones as well and and we kind of feel we have a path that kids can follow now and they don't have to make all those turns, you know, and and we're all about plugging kids into this and giving their
0: opportunities. Welcome to Men's Health Australia's Strength Sessions podcast, a forum in which we talk to men from all walks of life who found the strength within stomp on adversity and achieve their goals. Whether you're looking for an edge in the gym, at work, on the sporting field, or just want to level up across the board, the men featured here can help unlock your potential i'm editor-in-chief ben jody aussie dj stars the stafford brothers are known for their high energy performances and pounding dance floor beats in today's episode the brothers chris and matt look back on their childhood and early career revealing the choices they had to make between sport and music they also reveal how they went from cult gold coast djs to global dance floor superstars and they share with us their lifelong passion for boxing and reveal why that's the perfect fit for the boys' work hard, play hard approach to life. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. So I wanted to get um, go right back, I guess, to your childhoods. Could you guys tell me just a little bit about where you grew up and what you were into as kids?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, we're from New Zealand, born in Silverstream, uh, New Zealand, and yeah, grew up, I guess, wanting to be All Blacks, you know? Um, <laughs> True. Rugby was a huge part of our growing up, and also I'd say water skiing um, was a massive part of, of growing up. Our yeah, grandpa, he, we he lived on a lake in Rotorua.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: Yeah, every every Christmas
2: we'd go up there and go uh, water skiing.
1: Yeah, snow skiing. Dad just dad was a, like a ski champion, so he'd take a snow skiing. And I'd also say skateboarding was a big thing as well. But, yeah, definitely rugby. We wanted to be all – like most Kiwi boys, want to be All
0: Blacks, right? Yeah. And were you playing in the junior levels in school, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Played for, like, first 15. Wellington – yeah, we both played for Wellington. Um, Chris actually scored, I remember, like, 55 tries in his first season or something outrageous. Yeah. I remember my my grandpa
2: was, like – he was on the sideline and, I mean – he he was quite vocal and he got removed from the game but it was cuz they were trying to take me off because I'd scored so many tries so um <laughs> I, I was actually pretty good when i was i was younger um and then i guess yeah yeah in the future matt got a lot better and um became a lot more successful okay
0: what is the age difference between you uh 2 years so i was yeah
1: i'm the big brother um and we we actually in New Zealand we we finished school like I played like my last year of school I played like first 15 Wellington secondary schools and stuff and then we went we our whole family moved to Australia so that was when we moved and uh that was the big sort of change the whole family moved to Australia and Chris had a couple more years of school and um I was just out out there so you were like 16
0: or 17 when that happened
1: Yeah well right, yep I was yeah 17 hmm. 18 Chris
2: I was I was 15 when I yeah went to school
0: in, uh, in Australia
1: and did you move to the Gold Coast yep whole family moved and um you know like loved New Zealand obviously but um I'd actually come on a rugby tour for, with my first 15 and my dad's brother lived in Australia there's a bit of family here and, and it was like man how good's the Gold Coast how hot are the chicks on the Goldie um I'm, I was like basically going to definitely move to Australia and then there was just an opportunity for our family to go and, and for business and, and so they came over and We've never left and, you know, I mean, in saying that, we've lived in America for the last 10 years, So, but our family base is Australia um, and they're all on the Gold Coast and, you know, we've yeah. the last two years we've been there because of COVID, obviously, but yeah, we're currently back in America, been here sort of since the beginning of the year. Flying in and out a lot, mate. I don't know how many times, like we live on planes, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. I think... Yeah, I don't know. I've already been in and out of Australia probably five or six times this year. Obviously, Europe <laughs> all the time, America. Yeah, yeah. Going back to Oz for Christmas, coming back here in the Jan. Like it's just ne- never ends, really. What we do, um, it's, it, it ended <laughs> because of COVID, um, yeah. but it's back full steam,
0: so it's good, brother. Yeah. What, what did your parents do?
1: Mum was a dental nurse, and uh, Dad was a uh, teacher of civil engineering. At a Polytech, like a CIT. And then, um, yeah, that was their, I guess, what we they did while we grew up as kids. Yeah. Gonna, at one point, Mum was an aerobics instructor, wasn't she? That's true. Yeah. She ran a gym. I remember I got, I was, I think I faked sick one day and then she had to take me to work and I was in there doing reps in the gym. <laughs> like, and some guys are like, why aren't you in school? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I, I got away
2: with that. Actually, I was just like, I mean, growing up, talking about like it being sports and stuff i actually was really into weightlifting just yeah. like, like just uh, uh, thinking about that I, I used to get for like christmas and stuff i used to get
1: like weights as as christmas presents so, <laughs> and I, I actually did judo from the age of five i was the d- judo for a very long time and and the big biggest problem because it's weight it was weight related i'll be like 12 and i'll be fighting 18 year olds because i was pretty heavy a little bit of a fat kid um <laughs> like, and that's uh, the only
2: way yeah i remember
1: like I. right yeah i lost i lost one of the championships to an like and the dad was like mate he's 18 you're 12 you know when you're 18 you're gonna be beating him you know so <laughs> Mum and dad have been um are really positive people for us in our lives too. You know, our dad always says green light, have a go, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and mum's mom, always there for us and obviously feeds us and the whole tribe that we hang around with. So she's just, you yeah. know, she's a legend. Too. About, yeah, like taking
2: us to, to rugby and all that sort of stuff as well. You know, they're always there.
1: Never ended.
0: Yeah. What, what position did you play, Chris, in rugby? Inside centre or second five. Okay. Second five, eight, inside centre. And were you into weights because you were trying to
2: bulk up for rugby? I think I was five when I was into weights. So it was like pretty young, you know? Nah. Like, I don't know if I was trying to bulk up, but, you know? I think it was, I think dad had weights at the house. Um, and then it was just like your Arnold Schwarzenegger, like magazines and yeah. that sort of stuff. I used to look at that. So, but I think that's what inspired me to, you know, I don't know getting into weights but yeah I was at yeah I got a bit older and everyone's said that you'd stunt your growth if you did weights at a young age so that's that's the reason why I ended up stopping okay
0: all right so when did you guys start getting into music then oh whole life whole life if you come to um
1: Christmas day at the Stafford house is I don't know how many guitars ukuleles everybody's singing you know it's New Zealand culture too I feel and um you know, our grandfather was, like, always on a ukulele. Dad, my dad actually now makes ukuleles. He, like, makes these custom ones. Like, um, so music's always been with us. Chris actually played piano for many years. And, you know, I learned, I learned guitar. Yeah. We can, you know, we can play instruments. And um, it's just part of our who we are. So, yeah, I would say music was always a big thing. I guess the if you want to go to the transition into DJing, we, I was, we were both really, Chris was actually making songs, um, on like, compu- Like, what was it called?
2: A program called Can't with, um, yeah, my buddies out of school.
1: So, I mean, I was still in
2: school making music with, uh, with my friends. And then I guess I just continued doing that, you know, they stopped and, and then, yeah, obviously we got out of school, we'd go, you know, we'd drink at this pub that we used to go to every weekend, uh, called Billy's Beach House with our obt. And we used to watch the DJs. Yeah,
0: and bring music that we'd made and get them to play. Yeah, right. All right. I think you guys have talked in the past that energy is one of the, I guess, defining themes of your your shows and your music. Why is that so important to your, I guess, your philosophy?
1: I think what you give, you know, when you're giving energy, the crowd lifts up with you, you know. Obviously, when we, I guess, that first start was like, you know, we're playing to like this little room, And we'd be these two guys going fucking mental, like giving out heaps of energy. And all these people would be like, Who are these two guys? You know? And because we weren't, we didn't have any hit records or anything. And they were coming to just see our performance, you know? And it it just really built from that. And Mm -hmm. I think having two guys, my brother was always on the mic. So he'd be like singing the songs or rapping. And I was, you know, it kind of evolved into that um, more and more over the years to where it became quite a performance with Chris. Like he's really the front man, you know, and I'm, I feel like I'm I'm the DJ, but I'm, he can DJ too. But I think what um, catapulted us was there was a Channel V TV show and it was basically like, who can, who's the craziest party is in Australia? We're going to take four people to Ibiza. And Chris and I sent in a joint video as the two guys and they selected us as the two guys and two other girls. One was from Coffs Harbour, one was from Melbourne. And we flew to Ibiza and I was, you know, I was playing rugby pretty competitively and like I had, I've got a few caps for like Queensland Reds and stuff. And I remember my co- I was in the breakers and the coach was like, oh, I don't think you should go, mate. And I was like, mate, I'm going for like 10 days to Ibiza. It's once in a lifetime opportunity. And we went and it really changed our entire um, sound of music as well. We, we really learned a lot while we were in Ibiza. Obviously had an amazing time as well. But, you know, it was a, we were DJing. We would be playing rugby on a Saturday, DJing on a Saturday night. I would never DJ on a Friday night because I had games in the, in the winter. Um, but my brother, and so my brother would do the shows by himself. And so Chris really kept our brand alive. We'd have guys like playing bongos with us. And then obviously we also managed like Timmy Trumpet. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's like on the top 10 DJs in the world. Now we're still his manager, you know, um, and, and we brought him up alongside us. So we were, we're always doing sort of, it was always like a team, you know, like there's always a big crew on stage. Obviously, 10 of our lunatic mates would always be with us everywhere. Like a lot of promoters didn't like booking us just because of the entourage we brought, but <laughs> <laughs> we had fun, you know. It's quite a show. Yeah, it's definitely a, a show. And
2: I mean, you know, those 10 guys bring their partners, and you've sort of got like a little crew already of people. So,
0: yeah.
2: um, yeah I feel, I feel like that was part of our how we sort of came up as well.
0: Yeah yeah nice. No. Matt sorry you you were playing for Queensland Reds at yep. in the first grade or second grade or So yeah I, I actually played for I was in the
1: Reds college and then I played I had a couple of caps I played against I actually played against uh, I think Fiji. Uh, I played against junior All Blacks, which was, you know, something that was, sort of, you know, funny. I played like Australian universities, Australian Barbarians. I played for the, And I played for the Gold Coast Breakers. And we were in the uh, Queensland Comp. We were in the final five years in a row and we lost three times to um, ACT. And then we won one against university and then we lost one to Sunnybank. Okay. Um, and so that was sort of my rugby journey. Um, so I was playing at that level. And, you know, I lived in Italy playing professionally in Benevento. So yeah, I played at a competitive level, but mate, half of the half of the Chris is laughing about Italy because we always joke about me in Italy. But um, half of the half of the problem, I think, too, was mate. Half of you know, I was like focused. You know, you're trying to play rugby at that level, and then you're also trying to become this like big DJ. So it was a real hard balance. And um, what we got a big record deal, and it was like a crossroads. And I, I the Western Force were forming, and I had an offer to go there. And offer to stay at the Reds, and I um chose the record deal. I was actually we went to Europe, and I was like, if our team makes the finals, I'm going to come back for breakers and play. And it was the first year we didn't make the finals, so basically decision was made. And I completely honest, like from that point on, I never ever played rugby again, and our whole music career went pretty crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good story. Um, yeah, obviously it went pretty crazy and pretty well. Yeah, so did you have you ever looked back at all? Or?
1: Hell no, uh, bro. The amount of people I see and they're like, "Oh, do you miss it?" And I'm like, "Mate, no, I don't." Like I loved it. You know, it was such a part of my life, and it's one of those things where you kind and we had some amazing times. And uh, but you know what I've done with my brothers been a far greater, like longer and higher journey. Um, it's so rewarding and also. We've made an amazing life, you know, and um I, I'm proud of where we are. Yeah, and I also think it's you know a couple of kids from you yeah, know Upper Hutt, New Zealand to like we play we played on the biggest stages in the world, and still are, mate. We're still playing all over America. That's why we're here now, you know. And and then managing artists like Timmy Trumpet, who's you know, mate, platinum records, you know, like mate more tours than anyone like it's just crazy and and it's only growing. We're just and we're signing more and more kids because ones we believe in, because, you know, we have a platform that we've gone down a road and obviously we've taken so many turns and made so many bad mistakes and so many good ones as well. And and we kind of feel we have a path that kids can follow now and they don't have to make all those turns, you know, and and we're about giving those opportunities, especially to Australian kids. We, we manage a Kiwi guy as well, like we're all about giving others that opportunity. We, we have an office in Hollywood. We're based here. Like, you know, we have a platform and a pathway. I have a, I have a record label that's based out of Europe. You know, we have a team there. So we have a really big back end and we're about, we're all about plugging kids into this and giving their opportunities.
0: Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. Did you, I guess you just mentioned that Channel V opportunity. Would would you say that was your big break?
1: Yep. Um it definitely yeah definitely but but not really no actually you're right Chris not really to the next level
2: i mean it, it definitely gave us a bit more recognition and it sort of helped um cement our name the stafford brothers as well because it was always like hey that's the stafford brothers yeah. from that show and that's sort of how we came up with the name like that's we were like that that name works i think level 13 our original name wasn't quite as cool
0: <laughs> yeah and then um,
2: But we actually had our own TV show on Fox 8. So we actually had um, two seasons and I think that definitely helped. Um, Yeah, I I would say that's probably the launch pad in Australia that took us to the next level.
1: Yeah, the reason we went to America was to film the third season and our sponsor dropped out and um, we'd rented the biggest house in the hills (laughs) and we were like, well we're fucking here now let's have a go and it just made from we some bob a few months later we were signed to cash money records we had a deal with little wayne like you know we were like went pretty mad you know so
2: so i think yeah like that that
1: um tv show was
2: the reason sort of why we went to america well, well that third season was why we went to america so it was like was yeah so i think all that you know stemmed from that so you've got like the song with Little Wayne, you've got, you know, the cash money thing would never have happened if we didn't go to America.
1: Without the TV show, that was the platform. No question, you know, no question. And we we did have a lot, like we own, like I guess we are very business minded. We had, you know, we own nightclubs in our hometown. We had three clubs at that point, a bar. So there was that like whole thing we were doing. And then it was like, what, and we were starting to manage acts. We, we had a DJ agency that booked acts. Like we were just like, we had a lot of hustles going, you know, and it was like, well, let's go to America and see, literally, let's go for six months and see what happens. Like, that was literally it.
0: What year was that? 2012. Uh, you mentioned before that your dad had kind of drilled into you this green light mentality. Was that just about, you know, seizing any opportunities that come and, and giving them your best shot?
1: Yeah, and have a go. Like, he, he was, it's also like, he was always like, I'm proud of you boys, you know. Um Go for it, you know. And it, it, you know, it's it's our whole family. Everyone's like, you know, when you talk, Chris was talking about our grandfather, like yeah. our uncle, dad's brother, represented New Zealand in water skiing. You know, like he was like towed around those, those hundred mileer racing guys. Like, you know, it was just like, I guess we've all had it. You know, we've been given that opportunity to have a go, and we've also had really positive family around us, always supporting us. So we are very lucky in that aspect. Yeah it's funny because I was driving, I was listening to like a motivational, uh, I listened to like a lot of books and one of my favorites is actually legacy, which is about the all blacks and business and how it relates. You know, it's one of my favorites. And dad said, mate, you know, I used to drive you guys to, when I was driving you to school and he'd have tapes on in the car of like, and we'd be like, can you just turn this off? You know, please, you know, but like, I guess it was slowly drummed in. I was literally doing the same thing with my daughter the other day, you know, so it's it's who we are. She
2: can't quite speak right now. Otherwise, she'd probably say the same thing. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Were you guys, do you think, were you always destined to be a duo? No. No. I'll tell you what made that change
1: was our parents moved to Australia and we were left in New Zealand at a boarding school. And so... It made us real Mm -hmm. close because we were there together, you know, and I was just like, I've got to look after my little brother. And I think, you know, that that definitely made Chris and I closer than ever. And then also moving to a country where you don't know anyone, you know, again, it makes you even closer, right? You've only got each other.
0: Yeah, I guess it is common for siblings in bands, like more common than people might. Well, everyone knows the famous examples, but what what would you say are the – uh advantages of, of working with a sibling, I guess, in music? But not like Oasis,
1: definitely, you know, like we get along. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, nice.
1: I, w- I would say for me it's, um, you know, you've always got each other's back and, yeah, we also, um, I w- what Chris is saying about Oasis, those guys just fight each other, right? I think Chris and I, look, I, I know what pushes his buttons, he knows what pushes mine. And we also know when to get out of each other's way and I think you could either fight or you could um let you know move away for a minute and bob and weave but no, relating it back to rumble but no like um it's just like I think we can um we know when to stop i mean and in saying that there's been plenty of there's been a few times where we've had a little moment but um you know I think we we respect each other a yeah. lot and we'd rather be mates and uh fight i don't know if chris agrees but yeah do you agree chris uh totally yeah i think i think it's definitely we
2: know we we know each other so well and like we've lived with each other our whole lives basically you know like i've literally just moved out since he's had a baby so you think about that we work together we you know we, we train together we live together we do all that stuff together fly together we, we literally don't really argue which is a lot of people can't work out a lot of people could never work with their their siblings but for some reason it does work like yeah. I do think like we are we have differences as well you know like and I think that complements
1: yeah big time I, I would just agree on the yeah. whole we have like really big each of each of us has a different asset like I just said in the performer, Chris is the guy in the front, right? That's what like at the end of the day, yeah, we're doing it together, but like more people are going to see him. That's what he's, he's to me, he's the, the front man. And so like, that's his role. And then like in a lot of business stuff, like I might handle some more of that or like definitely on a creative side and the music side, Chris is just the man there, you know? And like, and then also on certain artists that we manage, like Chris manages more like he's on specific artists and I'm on specific artists. It's just like, and he works better with those ones. Chris also can speak to people differently. I've definitely got a shorter fuse, um, you know, and there's like, so there's things where it's an asset that we know each other, but that we're also a bit different, you know, and that's, yeah, complementing each other is the key.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess if you are a band you know, or DJs who are traveling a lot and always in your each other's pockets, like I guess it helps that you have live together your whole life whereas you know a, a lot of guys people are thrust into bands and touring and stuff and you know it doesn't last that long because they they don't have that i
1: mean even good example of that is we have like you know you bring photographers we had guys living in our house when we first moved to america and all they was they're in a t- totally different like we are like people go oh you guys are freaks like you train and then you're like in the gym the next day and all that and it's just like that's who we are like so much like a lot of energy M- mentally like i have to do those things i believe like to just keep plowing forward you know and other people they'll be like chilling out in the house and i guess that'll probably get sick of our energy of come on come and do this though it's like i just want to do nothing And then i'll be like on them for like why isn't this being done or whatever you know like so it's like we uh we we work extremely hard but we're also really focused but it's also like i think it's just it's who we are you know like we literally like this weekend we DJed at a club called 11 in Miami. It's pretty much one of the best clubs and it's pretty much one of the better, better clubs in the world. Like, and we finished at five thirty in the morning and we were probably home at about six thirty. and we were at, at Soho house Miami beach, having a swim then in the gym and then in a sauna and then jumping on a plane back to LA that day. Like, and mate, I had a lot of shots. So like, you know what I mean? But it's just like, I've got to get this done. And then I'm (laughs) fair now. And you know, it's just like, we have a, we party hard, but we work hard. No question, you know, and it's about balance. So I was just going to say like the energy, like you say, like brings,
2: brings to the performance. It's just who we are as well. So it's like hard for us to sit still and play music. I think it also brings out an energy in us.
0: For sure. Yeah. I just wondered if you could tell us briefly about your, If you have a typical kind of creative process, like where, you know, songs or tracks, not saying there's a a formula, but is there a way that it normally works for you where you go to the studio and make it happen? Or is it something that comes more, I don't know, esoterically, how how does it work for you guys? It's like ideas
1: as well. Like, I think we we actually work with a lot of producers, you know, as well. Um, And so... You know, we like we have a record. It's like one of our first things was "More Than a Feeling," which was a single of ours. It's really old now. Mm-hmm. But the reason we did that was we were in a rock bar drinking before we were going to our gig, and a guy was playing old record, and we heard "More Than a Feeling," and we we're like, we should redo that. And we got this guy to re-sing it. His name's Peter Millwood. He's like got an unbelievable mm-hmm. voice. And that was like, and then we worked with a guy on the beat and that was that journey. So, like, that's an old record to bring up. But, like, that just happened from hearing something and let's do that. I mean, that we've got, like, Chris is constantly putting, you know, stuff together and then it's just, I don't know, Chris is more on that space. So I'll let him explain his side. But that's just one of the records that, that I just always remember. I
2: think, it's, yeah, from DJing especially out and, and going and seeing, like, I would say, like, going to places like Ibiza and, and you're making and and hearing other people play and hearing other music, you get influenced, um, by seeing other DJs and other musicians. Um, so I think that, yeah, a a way to explain like the inspiration and of of getting ideas is going out and and, and being amongst it. Like you do have a lot of producers that don't go out, you know, and I find you sort of out of touch a lot of the time
1: and i do think like for what we do like because we manage all these guys it's like you know what we i'll, I'll play some of their records that's a great thing about deep being a dj is you're playing other people's music a lot of the time you know and i do think like a lot of the stars now are playing their own songs you know but you know of a, of an hour and a half yeah. set or 2 hour set they're generally not playing all their own songs and so like we can play uh, our artists records and then give them feedback or we're also in a club so we're hearing new shit and it's like we can then feedback that back. Like it's, we're all current. And I think that's really important, you know? Um, And then there's like such the thing about dance music, there's just so many different genres and lanes. And as Chris says, like we, I probably, I've been to every festival pretty much like, and we're all, we watch Mm -hmm. like specific artists, but a lot of the time we'll be in like that side tent, like the techno tent or like a drum and bass or like we all go to the hip hop stage, you know, like I love hip hop. Or rock, you know, like we just like get so many different influences and I guess we appreciate all music, you know. I mean, when we are doing, we did records with Lil Wayne, T.I., Rick Ross, like these guys are like Walker Flocker, are like hip-hop beasts, you know, in America. Well, globally, you know, and so, I, and I don't know of many. Little Yachty. Little Yachty. I don't know of many Australian artists that's even done that, you know. Um, yeah. And did you note that I call myself an Australian artist just then? I just that was my natural Australian artist because I'm proud Australian too. You know, I've got an Australian passport, but it's just like we're Kiwis and we're all, we're definitely like Anzacs, no question.
2: But I think we'd say like we became artists in Australia. You know what I mean? Like we weren't doing any of that really in New Zealand. So we began our career in Australia. Yeah, and I would say we we're at a point where we were throwing out blow up kangaroos. We had a guy dressed as a kangaroo and a koala. So you could say we were definitely Australian.
0: Yeah. And we got and we got Australia's number one DJ three times in a row. So that was good. That's right. That's you were a similar age to Russell Crowe when he came to Australia. Okay. He was a teenager. I don't know. Most people think of him as Australian these days, but.
1: Definitely. Yeah. No question. You know, I'm proud. I'm proud of Australia. I love Australia. Like if you met me in America and I, you'd say, where are you from? i say, I'm from Australia. You Know and then if as we talk deeper, then it would be oh, well, I'm actually born in New Zealand, but you know, I definitely am um proud to be Australian, you know, yeah. really big time. I, I love Australia, and and you know, where, where do we go home? I go home to Australia now, you know, yeah. Um, I was just in New Zealand, um, and it was the first time since the beginning of COVID. Um, our nana had passed just before COVID, and that was the last time we we're in New Zealand, so I still have family there and I love New Zealand, but you know, I, Australia's. I still call Australia home, like
0: literally. <laughs> All right. Now, as well as music, obviously you guys have spread your wings into TV, which you mentioned the show and business and fitness. So is that also part of this green light mentality that you would give yourself a go in lots of different areas? I love how like the title's
2: gonna be Stafford Brothers Green Light. That that's gonna be the title
1: <laughs> of, the, of the article. My dad'll be <laughs> love he'll love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Steve Jones will love it. I, I think the fitness side, mate, like on a personal level, um, even at high school, we, we, I did start lifting weights too. And, and I used to, um, I was really into biology and I actually had like mice on protein powder versus like a placebo and all like I was really wow. into it, man. And, and, and it's funny. I'm I'm actually here in Mammoth Mountain with one of my buddies. He's a partner. Um, we, 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 well, we're partners in a, a supplement company called Ghost Lifestyle. You should check it out. Um, and it's, you know, right now we have the fastest growing energy drink in America. What? It drops in Australia in 2023. The company is only six years old, but over six 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 and a half years. You know, but like we have been like while we're these DJs and that we are very involved in health and fitness. We, we owned a couple of F45 mm-hmm. gyms. We had the West Hollywood F45. You know, um, so we're, we've always been very health and fitness orientated. And I also think that's helped our life music balance. You know, it's like, yeah, we have a party on a Saturday night, but then all week you gonna catch me in the gym, you know, and training and eating well and doing the right thing. So we do have a pretty crazy balance like that, you know.
2: Yeah, we say we have a balanced lifestyle, but the balance is extremes. You know what I mean? Like, we're one extreme, we're partying on the weekend, <laughs> and then during the week, we're the extreme opposite. Like, I wouldn't – we would say we'd never really drink during the
1: week. It's usually just at the shows. Um, and then yeah, – yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah. The only reason – like, these guys are snowboarding, and they're like, we've got to go down to, to the steakhouse, and they're like, let's have a couple of shots. And I'm like, I, w- I don't actually want to during the week. Like, I just don't want to. Um, but I will because with my mates. And it's been a while that I've seen a few of these guys, but um yeah, it's you know we're in clubs and that every week, so it's like you're almost it's like that's enough, you know i wanna i like feeling good
0: yeah all right
1: you are you still involved with f forty five or is that finished no we we were um we actually our buddy Rob Deutsch is the founder, um yeah. and he left when he left, we got out as
0: well, yeah, okay. All right, now you, you signed an agreement with Rumble um, and I think you're opening a studio on the Gold Coast. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so I guess the Rumble thing was we were always – we used to train at the one in West Hollywood all the time. Um, okay. I loved it, you know, and uh, Chris and I were – yeah, we were in there a lot and we, we do like during the week, we actually – like when we're in Australia on the Gold Coast, we train with a boxing trainer once a week as well. Like it's just a fitness and sport. Our dad loved – our grandfather – They all love boxing, you know, so it sort of has been something we always loved and did. And I I want to say, yeah, my dad
2: took us to boxing matches as well. I remember that when we were younger.
1: Yeah. And I guess we've always trained like that, obviously, like contact sports and all that. And it's just like Rumble was there and it was just a really good workout and um, I loved it. And then we were in COVID in Australia and we just – I guess, green light, we saw some opportunities that Rumble was coming to Australia and we knew the product, right? So I believed in it. Um, so we were like, yeah, let's get involved. So absolutely, yeah. And Gold Coast is home turf. Um, so it was kind of, a, it was it was simple. Um, we have a local partner, you know, um, that we're doing it with because we are on the road so much, you know. Yeah. Is that open or when when is it opening? Should open. Like the, the one we've got, assigned is in a bit of a holding pattern right now but um i i don't know when our one will open to be completely honest with you but um we have the territory so you know it's um it will happen it just mate it was just an issue with the lease and you know i'm sure you it's it went for us to get that F45 in west hollywood open it took 2 years you know that was it took 2 years yeah so it's one of those processes but you know i i think for me rumble's just like I love boxing. I love the I love the workout. Um and I don't think if you like boxing you you'd still find it an amazing workout. I think that's what's so cool about it, especially with the weights, the way you get to do both. And I love hit training. I think Australians will really love it.
0: Uh, we'd actually like to get a, a workout off both of you. Just a very simple one of what what you might do. A, a, I guess boxing theme would be good. Okay. Are you able to break that down just off the top of you, like
1: Yeah, I mean, easy. Yeah, I mean, the the thing I was just with, I was uploading it last week. We were training with our trainer here in LA, and he was just, it was like a minute 30 alternating between each person, and he had pads, and then the other person was either doing push-ups, med ball slams, or burpees for that, and it was like, there was a 15-second break, and I was just so gassed, um, you know, and, and obviously when you're on the pads, it's all, all different combos. And it's just him calling them, you know, one, two, three, one, three, four, you know, which is similar to rumble, you know, they have the your left jabs and one, right, two, hook, three, four, uppercut, five, six. So like similar things, you know. Obviously, when you're training with someone on old pads, they'll be like you'll be ducking and getting back. But like I I think it's um that'd be a simple if you just want a simple workout, just do that and you will be completely gassed, alternating between rounds of either our trainer on the Gold Coast does two minute or three minute. Um, Luis, and yeah, he he's a f- he's unbelievable. I love Luis, and he's like he's definitely uh, really given us skills in actually how to box. You know what I mean? Like he'd take you to pieces if you if you actually tried.
2: And I think that's good at, at the start of um, I was just, at Rumble as well. Like they, they go through all the punches in the beginning, um, in the warm up, so you know exactly what to do. So if you haven't. Boxed any time in your life, you can go in there and you'll have a definitely have a good workout, and you'll know what punches to throw.
0: Yeah. All right. Are there any other areas, I guess, in business and so forth that you're looking to get into, or or creatively as well? Like, I don't know, actors, acting, movies, tequila brands, whatever. Is it? No.
1: No, I think like for for me, like I think one thing we also. Took from uh COVID, you know, as I said, we've owned nightclubs. We've been, you know, we've had gems and all that, but like our music business is just, uh that's what we're, I, I would say is still our, that's our specialty, right? You know, like the supplement company, at the end of the day, we're investors and partners, but like those boys, they, they run it, you know? I think that uh, there's 90 staff, you know, it's not by any means us. Yeah, I just want to be real on that one, you know? It's like, so I think, for me, it's about the music business and what we're doing there. You know, Chris, we had a lot of things in the NFT space in the last couple of years, and we really have a lot of that growing. So that's a big branch. We have a record label, we have a publishing arm. You know, so we we're really growing those lanes. And I would say the management of artists and just you know, if there's someone that if there's I would another, say that's the focus. That is the absolute focus right now
2: yeah what do you like about that ask? um I would just say like yeah that we we have tried so many different things, but what we've figured out is doing what you know um and that's music. we've done it for you know straight out of school, and as matt said before we've we've gone through so many different paths we've done you know we've made mistakes, but we want to take artists on our path um and and put them in the right direction,
1: yeah. Management's our focus, no question. That is our focus in business right now. And I see that as it's because, you know, like it's too many things, you know, you lose focus on eyes on the prize, I guess, as they say, you know. And so and that also comes down to don't manage too many artists, you know, unless you can get more key staff members who can then be involved to then manage them, you know, because so that for me is also a really crucial thing. Some people grow really fast, you know, um, and I feel like our management thing has grown kind of slowly, but it's really got it's really rolling, you know. And and that's the thing. Some you know some of these acts we're managing are just you know they're touring the world, like and and having hit records, and it's just it's it's amazing, you know. And and I and that's I guess what you said, yeah. It's so rewarding, like and the funniest one this year was Timmy Trumpet. He was playing. Uh, he, his song went viral in America with the Mets, uh, the New York Mets. And um, the, the pitcher, his theme song is Timmy song, Narco. So, like, and we, the Mets reached out and we got connected, and it was like, t- we're going to bring Timmy out when this guy comes out to play. And he's a relief pitcher, so he only comes out in like the eighth or ninth innings if they're in front by a few uh, runs. And, the first night we went, we could only do two nights. We could only be in in New York for two nights due to all these other commitments. And on the first night, the pitcher didn't come out. And it was just like, Oh man, is this even going to happen? You know? And then the second night, it was amazing. that We actually even got to go on the owner's box, you know? So we're in the owner's box of the New York Mets and like, and then the pit we ended up going down and then, the Mets got in front and we were like in the dugout with all the guys. Like it was just, it was unbelievable, you know? And then like, literally they're like, Timmy, you're going on, you know? And it was just, like I'm getting goosebumps now, you know? And it's like that for me as a manager being there was just like seeing them go out and like the whole stadium's going mad. And they know the song, like the people playing air trumpets. It's just like, mate, we had a, The next day I'm like flying to Dallas and they're trying to make a baseball card and I had to go out within two hours and I was like like trying to do it and I'm like WhatsApping, and I'm like, honestly, if this plane takes off and I don't have Wi-Fi, like I don't know what's – I've got some of my team on it, but I wanted the photo to be right. and You know what I mean? Like it's just – it's an exciting thing. But like that was just – for me, like that was so rewarding. It was just like a moment, man. Such a good moment, you know, so – And that's just, you know, you're the manager, you know, but it's like, it's super rewarding. And this uh, kid we're doing now, it's name's Restricted. He's got like this huge record going right now. And like, I was literally, I haven't been snowboarding in three years. And I'm like on a chairlift, hustling every time with this, just to get this thing done, then bombing down the mountain. And then like, but it's just like, it's a, it's a funny game we're in, you know, it's like, but you can, it's like, we kind of, we've put ourselves in this place and I just love where we're at with it. It's just like, it's exciting, man. So much good things happening. And, and also the world opening again. It's weird. Like, I
2: feel like obviously as, as artists, you, you know, like you focus on your career, but like you get invested with these artists as well. So you feel like you, you're completely part of that career, you know, like you're making decisions on their life. Um, And yeah, I think, the creative side of it, like me coming in and doing the music as well and helping there, you're still doing what you were doing as a DJ, but you're you're helping this other
0: person and managing their career. Great. All right. Chris and Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's been fun. It's been uh, good times. For more from Men's Health, pick up a copy of our latest issue. You can find it on newsstands or online via Apple News Plus Visit us at menshealth.com.au and follow us on Instagram at menshealthau. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style
1: with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus...